Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC Football Podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. I'm a Georgia Tech grad and a Louisville fan. He is Mike McDaniel. He is a Virginia Tech grad and a Notre Dame fan. Mike, first question, Week 12 is a bit of a step down from Week 11, but do you think there's a chance it might get a little bit super weird this weekend? Always. Mm-hmm. Always gets weird. Um, I feel like most of the time when we have teams that aren't ranked, right, we got like unranked matchups teams that aren't ranked i mean we got miami in the top four right we got clemson number two ahead of miami we'll get into that later uh but we have a lot of unranked matchups this week and what was it week nine or week 10 it got suit well both weeks it got super weird with upsets not only in the acc but across college football you bet week 12 is going to get super weird somebody's going to lose it's going to take us by surprise we just got to be ready for it this time this, this week is like leaking with potential for weirdness. So we're going to get into that here in just a second. But, Mike, I think we're going to start tonight with a programming note. Hey, yeah. Um, yeah, because we are a professional podcast and program here. Um, so here's the story is that you and I have a busy couple of weeks coming up. And so our, our lineup's going to get a little weird. Um, this weekend, I am in Atlanta at a wedding uh, and the wedding is actually on Sunday, so uh, we're not going to be able to record on Sunday. Monday, I am leaving to go to Jamaica. You hey, are headed, yeah, yeah. I'm going for a week, going to sit on a, a beach and drink till they tell me no, because it's an all-inclusive, and you're paying for that, basically. That's right. Um, you are going on a business trip to Parts Unknown? Uh, Oakland, so yeah, basically Parts <laughs> Unknown. It's not Jamaica, I'll tell you that. It's the Area 51 of the Bay Area, so... Um, Where you're... Uh... Wear your bulletproof vest. Yeah. Uh, bring your own guts. Bring your own bulletproof hopefully, vest. Yes. Hopefully nobody was offended by that, but, you know, it is what it is. Go Pac-12. Um, so you are playing a road game. I will be playing a road game. So the recording time and posting schedule is going to be a little weird. And then you come back on, like, a red eye on, like, Tuesday night. So we might record and post at some point on Wednesday. The, the long and short of this all is – Please be patient with us and, and understand that the schedule is going to get a little weird this week and the connections might be a little weird and uh, technical issues are likely to pop up and just it, it's going to get a little wonky here for a week or two. So stick with us as we try to be normal people and travel and go on a Thanksgiving holiday and do all that good stuff while we also try to bring you sweet ACC football podcast and content. Because that's what we do. That is our specialty, and that is, I think, our mission. Like, that was what we were born for, Mike. This is what we're, we're here to do. Mission statement. Absolutely, yes. Um, Mike, our mission on this podcast is to preview Week 12 in the ACC, and this is a, a sneaky, interesting lineup of games, I think. And I think each of them kind of has an interesting element to it in its own element. But we also put out on Twitter a couple hours ago for questions. We got some several great questions from... 
None other than Mr. Andrew Parker, as well as uh, we got a question from Mr. Ben Tankersley as, as well. So uh, we will address those throughout this podcast as we get these teams. But, Mike, let's start off with what I would consider the, the, the biggest game of the weekend in the ACC, which is, you know, we'll note here that this is a conference that has had both of its divisions uh, decided already. But uh, probably the most fun game of the weekend in any case, the number 19 NC State Wolfpack on the road in and it's you know relatively on the road, but they're in Winston-Salem, Mike, against the Wake Forest Stephen Deacons at 7.30 p.m. on the uh, ESPNU network. If I can't promise you anything, I will promise you that this game will absolutely get weird. Oh, yes. Uh, or your money back. <laughs> money back guarantee. Mike, the ranked team here is a one-and-a-half-point underdog as the Deeks are favored at home. And, you know, as, as much as we have sang the praises of NC State this season and tried to vouch for Wake Forest as much as possible, despite, you know, a, an iffy record at times, I think I see why Wake Forest is favored here with how they've played the last couple of weeks and how NC State's played the last few weeks. I kind of like the Deeks here. Is that is that crazy? Well, when you have John Walford basically playing like a Heisman Trophy winner, I can see why you would pick Wake Forest because I also like Wake Forest here. And I can mm-hmm. see why they're favored. Um, NC State, so we pumped them up in the early part of the year. Uh, they get blown out by Notre Dame and South Bend. Uh, they lose to Clemson in a game that wasn't as competitive as the final score in the second half. You know, NC State had a lead at the half in that game, but they did not play well in the second half of that football game against Clemson. Um, you know, so they end up losing that game. They barely win last weekend and now you're looking at nc state sitting here they're number 19 in the country in the new college football playoff rankings i don't know what to think of them at this point i think they're a good team i do i don't think they're playing their best football of the year and i think wake forest is john wolford certainly is uh he is a absolute machine at the quarterback position and after winning a video game last week with the final score whatever it was um I like the Demon Deacons here to win this game, but it really is a coin flip. Like I think NC State will obviously play well. I think they're a good team still, um, and they're due to play well just because they haven't really been that great here over the last month or so. But I think they need this one. Wake Forest needs it even more than NC State does, of course. So let's see what Wake Forest has got in this football game. But I'm going to take John Wolford, man. I'm going to ride the hot hand. He cannot miss right now. Uh, he is unbelievable at the quarterback position. He's putting up video game numbers, throwing a lot of touchdown passes, limiting the interceptions. Gone are the days of John Wolford going like 9 of 23 for 70 yards and three picks. Those days are over. And now enter John Wolford, who looks like Lamar Jackson back there, uh, running well, throwing well, scoring on the ground and through the air. So give me Wake Forest here uh, to win this game and cover one and a half. Mike, I'm sitting here listening to you like sing the praises of John Walford like I'm in the friggin' Twilight Zone or something. I mean, what is happening? It's bizarre, and yet, like you're you're totally justified doing so. I mean, John Walford this year is completing 65 percent of his passes, which is a 10 percent jump over last year. I mean, that that's bizarre with you know this kind of sample size. He's already completed more passes than he did last year on fewer attempts, uh, and maybe more importantly, he's only thrown three interceptions all year. Uh, as compared to 10 last year and uh, more the seasons before that. So 
he is really coming around. He's he's really done a lot for this offense this year. I, I was really impressed with what they've done offensively the last couple of games after losing Greg Dortch in the Louisville game. Um, the fact that they have continued just absolutely, you know, putting up points, putting up yards, and, and moving the ball as well as they have without, you know, their their star freshman that had kind of emerged is, is pretty impressive to me. Um, I worry a little bit that they are being overrated here. Um, so their, their last three games, they put up 32 points against a bad Louisville defense. They put up 37 points in South Bend, largely in garbage time against an otherwise good Notre Dame defense. And they put up 64 points. I said 32 against Louisville, 42 against Louisville. They also put up 64 points, Mike, against a pretty trash Syracuse defense. Now they're going to play an NC State defense that is motivated, that is is coming off of a squeaker against Boston College. I question whether they can keep that up. I I don't trust Wake Forest defense as much as I did earlier this year or certainly last year. Um, I I'm going to make a bad decision here, Mike. No, you're not. I'm going to make don't a bad do decision. It. Don't do I'm it. I'm going to do it. Don't do it. Uh, I'm going to go with the Wolfpack. This isn't this isn't smart. Bad this is decision. regrettable. <laughs> this is regrettable in every way, and yet uh, that's that's what I'm going to do. It feels uh, wrong, so it must be right. You're taking a ranked team on the road. Yes. So, what the hell? Uh, yeah, give me yeah, NC State outright. Oh, uh, hmm, thirty-one twenty-seven. I think it's fairly close. I think it's a respectable game. Um, but yeah, give me the Wolfpack. Okay. Not smart. I mean, okay. Mike, we have questions on this game. Questions? Uh, Bring them on. Two of them, actually, from Mr. Andrew Parker. First question, where did this Wake Forest offense come from? Mike, is there like an origin story, like in like a X-Men movie or something like that? Uh, It fell out of thin air. I don't know. <laughs> How's that? Uh, there we go. I'll take it. That's I don't know. Fair. Uh, well... Wolfer became more accurate, and he's running the ball well, and I think he's finally healthy. So that helps. I mean, he wasn't as healthy earlier in the year. I mean, he didn't seem like he was healthy last year, that's for sure. I don't know. I just think he's gotten progressively healthier. He's throwing the ball better. That's really all I got. I He's a big reason why the offense is as good as it is. For what it's worth, Mike, this is year four under Dave Clawson which, as we know, is the traditional year at which his offense takes off. So as much as we didn't really see this coming, maybe we should have. Um, they found a couple of weapons you know, between Cam Serenay and Greg Dortch and a couple of those guys in the passing game uh, with a senior quarterback who has really taken a big step you know, in taking care of the ball, making a lot of accurate throws. They're getting some help from their offensive line. Uh, so there, there's plenty to like about this Wake Forest team. It becomes a question now of, you know, does this hold up year to year? You know, is this a product of a whole bunch of seniors and a very uh, experienced group uh, that'll all eventually be gone? Or is this, you know, a true instance of building depth and, and a sustainable type of system and, and a sustainable model for running a program that is not traditionally a very well-off program in terms of resources and, and what they can do recruiting and so on and so forth. So uh, a little bit of a few different things, I think, but not a total fluke. 
and um, not something that's just going to totally evaporate overnight, and maybe something that we should have seen coming, but uh, at the same time, you know, still surprisingly good. I think Andrew makes a good point with that. Mike, other question on this game, and maybe the most important question that could be asked about this game, how many children does Philip Rivers actually have? Uh, we should have done over under on this. Mm, yes. Mm. Uh, uh, seven and a half. Oh, man. God, you're good at this. Um, <laughs> see, that was going to be my over under, too. I have no idea. I think over. Is that correct? Maybe? Hmm. I don't know. I, we should have looked this up before. I didn't. So, swing and a miss there. But Rivers, Wikipedia. I'll kill time. Personal life. Oh, God. Rivers, a devout oh. Roman Catholic. Oh, that is that is a recipe for disaster in this whole how many kids does he have game. Um, oh, oh. Many. In, in April 2015, Rivers and his wife confirmed they were expecting Over. their... Over. Over. Eighth child. Yes. My yes. Eight. Over. Hit the over. On October 28th, 2015, their daughter Claire was born. The total is eight, seven and a half. The over hits, Mike. You are uh, you are correct as, at the buzzer. As Big Cat says from Barstool, life is way too short to bet the under. So Absolutely. give me the over every single time. <laughs> Always trust Catholics to have lots of kids, Mike. I would know. I was raised Catholic. Uh, same. <laughs> I figured that the Notre Dame connection came from somewhere. There it is. Magic. Boom. How did I become a Notre Dame fan? Magic. I don't know. Mike, let's move on to a game that's going to make me want to be a Notre Dame fan. Oh, Um, boy. There's your transition. Mike, Georgia Tech, my Yellow Jackets on the road in Durham against the Duke Blue Devils at 3.30 p.m. on the ACC Network. Georgia Tech, a a six-and-a-half-point road favorite. Mike, I know what you're going to say. Just... Just be very, very careful because before you talk about how much Georgia Tech should blow Duke out, Georgia Tech doesn't really get in the habit of blowing Duke out like ever, as much as Duke has been bad lately. I have one question for you. Actually, I got one request or <laughs> one recommendation. Start drinking now. Mm-hmm. Way ahead of you. Well, there you go. Perfect. See? <laughs> how hard was that? How hard was that? I'm like your life coach. Mm-hmm. Uh Self-proclaimed. Uh, no, I don't think Georgia Tech's going to blow Duke out. I don't think so either. Uh, um, no basis for that. I just... <sighs> Georgia Tech hasn't played great. Duke might sneak up on you. I don't think Duke's any good, but... I mean... There was nothing I saw out of Georgia Tech last weekend to make me think that they're going to blow Duke out. Like, Georgia Tech's doing too many things right now that... I mean, they just shoot themselves in the foot repeatedly. It makes me wonder if they're going to blow any teams out. And this is different from a team from a month ago where I was, you know, saying to you, hey, they're going to cover the spread. Don't worry about it. Hey, they're going to cover the spread again. Don't worry about it. And they were doing that. But now I look at them, and I saw that game against the Hokies last weekend, obviously, and I just I see why they have lost so many close games this year, and I see why they have been close to losing so many close games this year. So that's where we're at here. I think they'll beat Duke. Um, they should win this football game. Duke is really bad, Joey. That's never stopped Georgia Tech from <laughs> suffering a letdown. They're they're exactly like the Hokies in that regard. But I think they win this game. I do think they cover. It's you know they're basically a touchdown favorite. I think they cover, but I think Duke can stay within ten and make this thing interesting for some reason. Uh. 
Mike, the last three games in this series, go back to 2014, the Georgia Tech team that won the Orange Bowl, they lost to Duke at home. Duke was okay. Duke was okay that year, though. This is true. Year after that, lost to Duke by two touchdowns in Durham. Last year, snuck by Duke 38-35 at home thanks to the Justin Thomas game of his life. Um, he had a absurd game that day last year. So... Needless to say, the last three years, this has been anything but an easy game, even amongst Duke, you know, not being a great program uh, win-wise for the last couple of years. So this this is why I just don't have a great feeling about this game, regardless of the fact that Duke has been bad lately. They've lost six in a row. Um, several of those losses have been close. Um, of the six losses, four of them have been by a touchdown or less, which is worth noting, you know, that they're not – they're not just, you know, totally getting the wheels blown off. So they're there. Uh, as Paul Johnson mentioned in his press conference this week, you know, Duke's got their backs against the wall. Um, they're four and six. They're trying to make a bowl game. They need to win against Georgia Tech at home this week, and they need to beat Wake Forest next week on the road to get to a bowl game. Um, Daniel Jones has not been very good for most of this season. But, again, I, I don't know that I take that for much of, uh, much of anything at this point. Major sophomore slump. Yeah, I'm going to take Duke to cover here, Mike. I'm going to take Duke to cover, but Georgia Tech to win close. Not that they've really proven themselves to be able to do that this year at all. but They're better. They, yeah, they are better. I, I mean, I just think that Georgia Tech is going to find some way to kind of almost screw this up and or just straight up screw it up. Um, Duke is good enough on defense that they're going to give Georgia Tech a hard time and – Durham is a weird place to play with basically no atmosphere that works in this like weird home field advantage kind of way. Such a weird place to see a game. Oh my god. Yeah, it's it's senior day for the Blue Devils and there's just a lot here Mike that I'm I'm just going to take Duke to cover and you know what if Georgia Tech wins this game by 30, I'll I'll just be happy and I'll be fine being wrong. But man, this game seems like it could get real weird and I'm just going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean into it and just go with it, Mike. I'm going with it. Cool with me. Fair enough. Uh, anything else before we move on? Uh, I don't think so. I'm glad you started drinking now, though. Yes, me too. Um, I, I'm really I'm trying to get... I'm trying to get in, in drinking shape for going to a place with an, uh, with all-inclusive where I, I assume they just have like any premium liquor I ask for at the same price as like Coors Light. I like it. Free. So I don't know. We'll find out. I've never been to an all-inclusive before. I don't know how this works. Oh, you're going to find out and it's glorious. Mm-hmm. Well, and while this game is going on, I'll be at a rehearsal dinner. So I'll be drinking on somebody else's tab. So dude, uh, well, this could not go any better for you. I've got this all, all planned out. Mike, the dude, master plan is in act. No matter, no matter what happens with Georgia tech, you're winning this weekend. It's all good. I think that's fair. This will be fine. Let's move on, Mike. Virginia on the road at number three, Miami, at noon on ABC. The Hurricanes fresh off two big wins, establishing themselves in the national stage. They're in the top four in the playoff rankings. They are ready to rock. They're, uh, what, 9-0? I think 9-0. Yeah, 9-0 is right. And they're a 19-point favorite at home here, Mike. And um, we, we would be – absolutely remiss if we were to start disrespecting Miami by acting like Virginia might have some 
off chance of covering 19. Is that is that correct? Uh, yeah, I'll take Virginia. No, just kidding. I'm taking the points with Virginia, though. Ooh. I am, yeah. Like, that's that. disrespectful. Disrespectful. Disrespect. Yeah, God forbid, yeah. <laughs> How dare Miami be number three in the rankings? We control our own destiny. That was outrageous. Um, <laughs> I'm taking, yeah, Hurricanes win this thing pretty easily. I think Virginia covers, though. This is a letdown. I mean, Miami's at home. Um, is it senior day? Are they at home the last game of the year? No, they're Pittsburgh? at Pittsburgh. That's why I thought they were on the road. So this is senior day for Miami. Um, I don't know how many seniors are actually on the roster. I don't think that many, to be honest with you. They're so young on both sides of the ball. Um, but it is senior day, an emotional day. They're coming off of two huge wins. Virginia's coming to town. Uh, Virginia is not bad, but they're also not good. And the Hurricanes should not have any trouble. But they're, for some reason, I think Miami, this is a letdown spot. But not to a degree where Miami's going to be like in any position where they're going to lose the game. I do think Virginia covers 19, though. 19 points is a huge spread. Huge spread. Mm-hmm. Um, Virginia's played well this year. I mean, they have. Um, I think they can hang within three touchdowns of Miami. The Hurricanes haven't really... I don't want to say they haven't shown a propensity to blow teams out. I mean, they blew Tech out. They blew Notre Dame out the last two weekends. But when you're not playing at 8 o'clock at night in prime time. Are you going to blow a team out that's not necessarily a high-profile team, right? Because that's not what Virginia is at this point. Plus, it's a noon game. So what makes me think that the either of these teams are really going to get up for a noon game? Um, unless Virginia starts turning the ball over left and right, I, I think that's how Miami cruises and covers here. But I think Virginia keeps it within three touchdowns, but Miami wins this thing comfortably. Mike, Virginia has lost precisely one game this year by 19 points or more. Would you care to guess who was the team that beat Virginia by 19 plus? I don't like when you do this. Um, (laughs) I don't know, Joey. I got to love putting you on the spot. This is great. I know. (laughs) Mike, would you believe that it came at the hands of none other than the D-Train himself... A.J. Dillon and the Boston College Eagles, 41-10. to I forgot about that game a couple weeks ago. The D-Train. The D-Train, A.J. Dillon at Scott Stadium. This is in Charlottesville. They won by 31 that points. Was so, that, that was so weird, that game. Oh, my God. That was so weird. Mm-hmm. Other than that, every loss has been within that margin, Mike. Uh, 17 points to Indiana and Pittsburgh. And other than that, a loss to Louisville by uh, something like that. Yeah, uh, 17 as well. So, Best team Miami's played all year. Not Miami. That would be insulting. Best mm-hmm. team Virginia's played all year, though, right? Yeah. We think? Yeah, that's probably fair. Um, I mean, Boise State was pretty good, but Virginia beat them. But... Yeah, I think I think Miami's probably the best team they played so far. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm worried about the letdown here. Miami, yes, they're at home. They continue to be at home because Miami plays like two road games this year. It turns out, um, but which is a good thing because they haven't played that well on the road. Yeah, but the last couple of games, Mike, you know, where Miami's played so well at home with their hair on fire, like it has been. Just a crazy atmosphere, Mike. And if we could, if you could indulge me in a quick uh, Miami ticket price heat check, um, Mike. If I you were on the beach, if you're on South Beach, and uh, and you're going to go find, you know, a stand that sells like margaritas, what do you expect to pay for said margarita? What do you think, Joey? Like 
seven or eight bucks. Well, are, are we talking about like a regular like twelve ounce margarita or like one of those like yard long like things you can get oh, at the stadium? See, that's a good question. That's a good mm-hmm. question. We got to clarify here. Yeah, we do. Um, well, we're also talking South Beach prices, which could mean almost anything. It's an expensive mm-hmm. place to live, Joey. Mm-hmm. Um, also, turns out it's an expensive place to party. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Now they think about it, I think the Marg would be a little bit more expensive in South Beach, Joey. Talking about a twelve ouncer, just like a regular. I think a regular twelve ouncer would be a little bit more expensive than six or seven bucks, don't you? South Beach. Sounds right. Yeah, I think so. so. What do you think? Like maybe nine or ten bucks. I'm not from. Sure. I'm not from Miami, right? So, Mm -hmm. best guess. But yeah, maybe nine or ten bucks. So what if I told you that? Yeah. So for that ten dollar margarita, you could trade me that margarita and three dollars, and I would give you a ticket to this game. (laughs) <laughs> so you're basically buying a margarita and adding on a tip. <laughs> you can buy a ticket to the game. Basically, yeah. I mean, me? if you're yeah, if you're a uh, if you're a generous tip, you know, thirteen dollars will get you a ticket to the Miami Virginia game, Mike. And that's what tells me that this is not going to be an electric atmosphere like we've seen the last couple weeks. Miami's going to come out and they're going to win How the game. Could it be? How could it be though? But they're going to screw around against a Virginia team that is uh, not not to be screwed around with without any you know consequence. So. Yeah, give me Virginia to cover here. I think Miami still wins the game without a whole lot of issue, uh, but give me something in the 14 to 17 point range. 19 is a little bit too much. Uh, so let's go Miami, call it um, 34 to 20. That's a lot of points. Oh, that's a lot of points for Virginia. Yeah. I mean, you also got to, you're, you're asking Miami's defense to come out and play with the the uh, energy and the excitement that they did again against in front of a front of a uh, wild crowd. I mean, might see the turnover chain a couple times, who knows, but how dare still. you, how, how dare you uh, disrespect turnover chain? You like that 20 points yeah. in Virginia. huh? Yeah, that's true. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm trusting Miami to block an extra point or something. I don't know. Uh, I I'm cool with 34 20. I mean, that's where <laughs> I think the score's at next game. Who cares? Miami's going to win. Mike, we got a question from Ben Tankersley. Um, yes, we do. We do. You're the, right. Uh, the site manager at my, uh, my old stomping grounds from the rumbleseat.com on the SB Nation network covering Georgia Tech. Ben's question is, could we see two ACC teams in the college football playoff? Could we? Yes. Will we? Probably not. Okay. First of all, I think that implying that less than three ACC teams will make the playoff is just un-American, Mike. My column. How dare you, Mike? Yeah, my column. Yeah. Um, no, I, I I'm tr- I'm struggling to like concoct a scenario where there are two teams. I think it exists. I think it needs some outside help. I think it's got to be it's... like a close loss by Miami in the ACC championship. Only way. With some help, I think they could get it done. Where like Clemson's like the two seed and Miami's like the four seed or something like that. Yeah, two loss. I mean, two loss. Clemson's out just because, uh, you know. Yeah, I think yeah. If Miami wins the ACC championship, then yeah, Clemson's out. Like without a doubt. Like I don't think there's anything Clemson can do. Even if Clemson plays it close, I mean, you lost to Miami, right? So you didn't even win your conference, and you also lost to Syracuse. I mm-hmm. mean, sooner or later, that has to come back to haunt you, right? So they finish. Number two this week in the rankings. That was a surprise to me. Ahead of Miami. I actually would have had Miami ahead of Clemson. um, Just because of the nature of Miami's wins the last two weeks. And Clemson hasn't looked 
particularly impressive. Um, you know, they fell down early against NC State. They played a lot better in the second half in that game two weeks ago. Uh, but they narrowly escape against Florida State. That score was not indicative of how close that game was. Florida State had an opportunity. We recapped it, of course. But Florida State had an opportunity with five minutes left. They were down a field goal against Clemson. Um, had the opportunity to go in there and score and win the game. And then, you know, the turnover bug hit them. I'm surprised Clemson was at number two. Um, I think that the committee is giving them a little bit of a pass for Kelly Bryant's injury, which is fine for now, I guess. Um, but I think at some point that might come back to haunt them. Plus, they really love that victory against Auburn, too. And I don't know. I mean, Clemson loses her out, I think. Agreed. Moving on, Mike. 12.20 p.m. on the ACC Network, the Pittsburgh Panthers on the road in Blacksburg against your Virginia Tech Hokies. The Hokies a 15.5-point home favorite here. You know, I think Virginia Tech bounces back here after a, a rough and kind of ugly loss at Georgia Tech where they might have gotten beat a second time by Miami from the week before. I think that they're going to bounce back here and beat Pittsburgh. I'm really getting in the habit of picking underdogs here this week, Mike, and it's going to come back to bite me at some point. But, hell, let's do it. Let's take the Panthers. Uh, Darren Hall has run the ball really, really well for this Pitt offense lately. They're not going to be able to throw on Virginia Tech like whatsoever, but if they can establish some sort of ground game and grind out, you know, 21 points, Virginia Tech give me, wins this game maybe 34-21, but that still covers 15.5 for Pittsburgh. So give me the Panthers to cover, but uh, Virginia Tech to win outright. Uh, yeah, Pitt lost to North Carolina. That yeah. Um. So that. Oh make, God, I see what you're saying. Yeah, but Virginia Tech's <laughs> not really any good right now. So, Virginia Tech's better. I think they win. I think Pittsburgh covers. Really dangerous game for the Hokies on Senior Day there in Blacksburg. But I think the Hokies win narrow narrow game. I mean, I just no confidence, no running game right now. Josh Jackson's regressed. Um, defense isn't playing great. Just nothing really good going with Virginia Tech right now. So give me Pitt. I keep I keep getting like confused, Mike. Like I feel like there's got to be some point eventually where Virginia Tech starts using Josh Jackson in the running game. I mean, that was something that we didn't see at all against Georgia Tech. Really, any time that Virginia Tech wanted to run the ball from the quarterback position, they were using AJ Bush and substituting him in rather than just keeping Jackson in the game and and keeping him in there to run the ball which Jackson has shown the ability to move and, and showed that early on this year. But for some reason, Virginia Tech seems hell-bent on using Jackson to throw and Bush to run, whereas I don't see why you don't just do both with Jackson, who's got some mobility and, and should provide that threat in like a read option type of game. I don't know. I saw a really interesting write-up earlier on the Georgia Tech game talking about some of the play calling, and that was just like I, – I totally agreed with the, the Hokies writer. Baffling. that was just Yeah, it was like – where is this coming from? Like, why don't you use him to run the ball? I don't know. Maybe the world may never know, Mike. Yeah, they don't They don't want to run him for whatever reason. Um, I think they're going to have to find a way because they can't run the ball outside of that. Um, they'll win. I mean, the Hokies will win, but, you know, Pitt will definitely keep it interesting because Virginia Tech's got no confidence right now on either side of the football. Yeah, fair enough. Moving on, Mike. The Syracuse Orange on the road in Papa John's Cardinal Stadium against the Louisville Cardinals at 3.30 p.m. on ESPNU. The Cards a 13-point home favorite here. Um, 
I don't know if I feel as strongly here about the spread as I do about the total, which I feel very comfortable that this game is going to go over. Um, you've got two very good offenses against two very not good defenses. Um, and I think this is a pretty high-scoring game. A total of 73 and a half. That's, that's like 10 and a half touchdowns. I feel good about they're going to hit 11. Um, I think this game gets in the 40s, Mike. In a shootout, again, hell, what the hell? We're going to take the underdog. I'm not, I'm not taking Louisville to cover 13 here, although I think they probably could. I just don't trust their defense enough to get a stop if they really have to. Um, I'll take Syracuse to cover, but I think Louisville wins the game outright at home uh, on their senior day. Uh, probably Lamar Jackson's last game at Cardinal Stadium if he knows anything of what's good for him, I think. Um, yeah, give me Louisville to win here, uh, but Syracuse to cover. So we'll go Cardinals like 52 to 42 maybe, something like that. I think this score definitely hits the over. Um, I'm going to take Louisville to cover here. Their defense actually has played better the last couple of weeks. Uh, Syracuse might be without Eric Dungy again. Uh, I feel more confident in Syracuse if they have Eric Dungy rather than Zach Mahoney. Mahoney's fine. Everybody's favorite recess character, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, I'm going to take the Cardinals to win this game and cover. I think they are going to just build off the confidence they built last weekend. Lamar Jackson played great. Uh, I think he continues to play well. If he knows what's good for him, he'll even move on to the NFL. Um, yeah, but his last game at Papa John, so you know he'll go out with a bang and play really well. And yeah, I think the I think the Louisville defense will surprise us here against Syracuse and get enough stops to cover that spread. But I also think this game's going to go over. So I don't know uh, where my allegiance lies here. So that's that's where I'm at. I don't know. They cover, but it still goes over. I don't know how that works, but we'll figure it out. Syracuse has played four road games so far this year, Mike, and they haven't won any of them, but all of them have been relatively close. Um, Within nine at LSU, within eight at NC State, within eight at Miami, within three at Florida State. Like, I don't know what magic Syracuse is. Like, usually they play better at the Carrier Dome, but... When they're losing away from home this year, they're not they're not getting just you know blown out. So, as much as I I, I agree with you, and I I could easily see Louisville winning this game by three touchdowns. Like, I don't know. There's something about it, you know, that I don't know if I trust Louisville really to blow them out like this. Um, I don't know. Now let's let's talk real quick. Is Eric Dungy going to play this week? Um, because that might make a huge difference actually in my pick. Yeah. Well. I mean, I think bottom line, like regardless of whether or not Eric Dungy plays, I'm not sure I'm picking the point spread in this one anyway. Um, I would be much more enthused about the idea of picking the over, especially if Eric Dungy plays, because 73 and a half seems super low. I mean, I'm I'm in complete agreement with you on that. I, with the way these offenses can move up and down the field, Lamar Jackson's a video game. Uh, that Syracuse offense is a lot of fun. Uh, I still think it can hit the over without Eric Dungy and with Zach Mahoney playing, but I'd, I'd be much more comfortable with it if Eric Dungy was the guy behind center for Syracuse. You know what? I'm seeing something that doesn't look like Eric Dungy was going to play, so let's switch that pick. I'm going Louisville to cover. I'm with you, Mike. Yep. I'm still on that over, though. I that's, like the over. That's what I'm basing it off of, so assuming he doesn't play, take Louisville and the points. All right. 
Mike, that's all for conference play this weekend. We got a few uh, non-conference games, though. The most important one here being the Boston College Eagles uh, taking their show on the road to the Connecticut Huskies at 7 p.m. on everybody's favorite channel, the CBS Sports Network. Um, the Eagles, a 21.5-point favorite on the road. And as much as up until the previous game, I've been picking underdogs in this this week, give me B.C., Connecticut's not very good, and BC has been absolutely rolling lately, at least in the run game, with none other than the D-train, A.J. Dillon. Um, I think the Eagles keep it going here, and uh, I think they're going to be bowl eligible if they win this game, Mike. Is that Am I forgetting that? Uh, they will be bowl eligible after they blow out Boston College. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, three touchdown favorite. That seems blow like a lot. Oh, Connecticut. Whoops. <laughs> with. Um yeah, I like BC here. Big. Big, big, big. Big, big, big. Um, a lot of running. Total is 50. I would leave that alone because I think there's a chance that Connecticut yeah. might only score like 10 or 13 points. Yeah, here, so. and there's a chance if BC gets that run game going, watch out. I mean, they put up 35 against Florida State, so. Anything's possible. <laughs> like Kevin Garnett. Um, Bingo. Mike, we, <laughs> um, yeah, I know that song from... With the Lonely Island. Um, Mike, last question from Mr. Andrew Parker. Actually, second to last question. Um, is SB Nation's Bud Elliott, is he right about Boston College and Steve Adazio picking the wrong offense for competing in the ACC? Uh, probably. Because I've seen that offense fail. T- well, let's use fail loosely. It failed with Virginia Tech. The Scott Leffler offense failed, right? That's why he got fired and, mm-hmm. um, you know, Beamer got you know, I'll call him. Yeah, he retired, but pretty much dismissed. Um, the BC offense didn't look very good up until like a month ago. So, can we really trust it? Probably not. So, do I think it's good for the ACC? No, I don't. Do I think it's the wrong offense to run the ACC? Yeah, I do. Um, this isn't the Big Twelve where you can sling it around like BC. Especially doesn't have the athletes. That's what Scott Leffler wants to do at the end of the day. He wants to throw it a million times, but they've just evolved into this running team because that's what their strength is. And good for him for making that call. But yeah, they're running the wrong offense for the ACC. This isn't a conference where you can go pass heavy and expect to win every week. So here's the thing, Mike: is that Steve Adazio has been at Boston College, and this is now his fifth season. Boston College hasn't yet finished above 500 in ACC play. Now, okay, some of that is Boston College being what it is and what it is as a job and uh, who you can recruit up there and all this stuff. But I I also think that you're seeing from teams like Syracuse and Wake Forest that are not traditional recruiting powers that, like, you don't have to recruit at a five-star, four-star, you know, uh, blue blood level to win some games in this conference. I mean, Georgia Tech has been doing that for a decade now under Paul Johnson. They've barely recruited anybody at a, at a you know, blue-chip level, but they're using scheme to win games, right? Um, and, and I'm with you. I mean, Scott Leffler, I think, is in that elite class of offensive coordinators such as, like, Georgia's Jim Chaney, which are guys that seem to, like, fail upwards. Uh, if those are familiar with uh, Silicon Valley, like, big head, like – doesn't really seem to do anything well, but keep like getting better opportunities for God knows what reason. Um, I don't like, there's nothing creative about what Scott Leffler wants to do. There is nothing new or inventive or really even like impressive about it. Uh, Just, they keep going back to the same thing and it, it, 
you know, sometimes you find out that your power running game will work a little bit if you can get AJ Dillon in some space, but for the most part, it's like beating your head against the wall trying to watch it. You know, so and Leffler um, had no choice. I mean, his quarterbacks have not been good. I mean, Anthony Brown was okay this year; he's now out for the year um, due to injury, and now you got Darius Wade. I mean, you got no choice but to run the football at this point. Yeah, and and, and I think that makes sense. It's it's more just that. They're, they're so one-dimensional running the ball, right? Like, after A.J. Dillon, they're not getting anything from the quarterbacks. They're not really running the, the wide receivers with any level of effectiveness. Nothing. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a one-trick pony. Um, you know, I think if they were smart, they would do something maybe like a Malzahn system from Auburn or something where you're spreading people out and running the ball kind of wide and up the middle. Um, maybe something similar to what um, Chad Morris did at Clemson and is doing at SMU. So... It's not being a run-based offense. It's it's the type of offense that they're trying to run with the type of recruiting they're able to do, and it just it hasn't really worked as well um, over several years now of Adazio at Boston College. Mike, last three games, uh, all uh, games against <laughs> FCS competition, Florida State at home against Delaware State. Careful, Seminoles. At noon on the ACC Network. I don't know what the spread is, Mike, but Florida State's probably not going to cover it. Be careful. Yo, Absolutely. Yeah, definitely not going to cover it. Uh, Clemson versus the Citadel at home at 1220 on the ACC Network. Hey, Citadel, be careful. Speaking of teams that might not cover, that's Clemson right there. Um, they haven't really blown anybody out this year, and the Citadel is a little bit uh, a little bit plucky sometimes. And then North Carolina at home against Western Carolina at 3 p.m. on the ACC Network. Um, Western Carolina's Paul Johnson's alma mater, the more you know. Um, Ooh. Mike, any of these games interest you, like, even a little bit in terms of, like, it might get weird? Um, the Florida State-Delaware State game has a chance to get weird. But do any of these games interest me? No, absolutely not. Yeah. I mean, weird is relative. I'm taking all the favorites. What is Delaware State's record right now? Ooh, man. They are 1-7 and seven I like going Florida into... <laughs> Well, they played Morgan State last week, and Wikipedia is not updated to show me Morgan State's record. Um, yeah. So, they're no better than 2-7 and seven in the MEAC. Um, oh, God. So, um, Florida State is, is going to have a get-right game here, I think. Yes, that's that would, be a, that would be a good assessment, I think. Let's see. The Citadel, um, they... Uh, this is good podcasting, Mike. Let's skip um, to the real. Let's skip to the real question. Does North Carolina blow out Western Carolina? Yes. You think? Yes, they will. You think? I do. I'm trusting North Carolina to blow out Western Carolina for reasons unknown. Fair. Now, to be fair, they have looked a little better on offense lately with Nathan Elliott quarterback. So maybe they're getting somewhere. Um, the Citadel is, by the way, five and five in SoCon play. So there's that. God, I think Clemson wins that game huge. Yeah, I do. Yeah, like 56 to 3. I'm going to give yeah. the Citadel getting on the board there. Ooh, good field goal. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Mike, only question, last question that we have is relevant to any of these games. Uh, Mr. Andrew Parker's last question, how concerned should Clemson fans be with their recent injuries? Uh, <clears throat> Whoa, sorry. Almost died there. Um <laughs> Uh, not concerned this weekend, obviously, but 
Yeah, I mean, I think a moderate level of concern. You got South Carolina, which will not be the easiest game in the world there in the finale. And then you have a Miami team that's clicking on all cylinders, um, firing on all cylinders. I'm bad with quotes. Uh, yeah, I mean, moderate level of concern, but I think as long as Kelly Bryant's healthy, I think that's the most important piece as we've seen earlier this year. Um, when he's not healthy, it's an entirely different offense. So as long as he's right, I think Clemson's going to be fine. But if he sustains more injuries, I mean, this is a completely different football team and one that's extremely vulnerable. So Clemson has to be careful, try to keep him healthy. I think the rest will take care of itself. Yeah, if I'm Clemson, I'm, I'm mostly concerned about you know what the ACC championship and the playoff bring. The next couple of games, I'm not as worried about against again the Citadel or um, South Carolina in the the season finale. So um, we'll, we'll see if they carry over, but I think they're okay for now. Uh, Mike, ACC picks of the week. Uh, I picked first last week. You are up this week. What is your ACC pick of the week? Ooh. Um... My ACC pick of the week, I can't believe I'm doing this because it's my school, but I'm mm-hmm. going to take Pittsburgh to cover 15-and-a-half against Virginia Tech. Ooh, that's saucy. It is. Feeling, feeling hot some take. confidence there. Hot take, hot take. Yeah. Hokies win, though, so never fear. I think that's fair. Um, yeah, Pitt starting to put it together a little bit. Uh, Virginia Tech not looking great lately. I wonder when they bounce back and if senior day at home might be the opportunity to do that, but time will tell. Uh, Mike, I'm going over 73 and a half, Syracuse, Louisville. Um, I left that just for you, buddy. Yeah. I pushed last week, um, and you pushed last week. What are, the chances, what are the chances of that happening? That That is literally never – I don't know that either of us have ever pushed no. our pick of the week no. in two years, yeah. and we did it on the same weekend. Um, it's pretty remarkable. Yeah, so neither of us is going to push this weekend. We both have hooks in there, so um, – in either case, there will be action this week. But, um, yeah, I, I trust both the offenses more than I trust both the defenses. So I'm going over 73.5 in that game. Mike, you've got Pitt plus 15.5. Uh, we have been expediting this episode a little bit with, like, nine games on the schedule. Uh, anything else, Mike, before we get out of here and go check out week 12? I think I'm all set, buddy. Yes, I, I think I'm good, too. I think we hit it all. Um, so we are going to come back at some point in some location and recap week 12. Just a reminder, again, it's going to get a little wonky over the next couple weeks, so please bear with us. Uh, but in the meantime, you guys can find us on Twitter. I'm at FTRS Joey. He is at Mike McDaniel ACC, and together we're at BC Podcast ACC. You can send us an email to the longest email address known to man, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Absolutely. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, on Google Play, on SoundCloud, on the Overcast app, and maybe or maybe not in other various podcast outlets. Um, y'all have not told us whether we can or can't find you, or you can't find whatever. You haven't told us about any places that we are or aren't, so um, hit us up if you have those that intel for us. Mike, where else can they find us on the social medias? Facebook.com slash basketball conference. Rate, review, find all of our podcasts there. Absolutely do that. Um, we are enjoying, uh, you know, a couple of you all have sent us messages on Facebook. The DMs are open, so hit us up. Uh, let us know if you have questions, if you want to make comments. If, if you're a Miami fan and you think our picks suck, you are not the only one. They're um, always so, in those mentions. Yeah, they sure are. Shocker. Um, please hit us up if that is the case. Mike, anything else before we get out of here? I think we're all set. Safe travels, buddy. Enjoy Jamaica. Yeah. Enjoy Atlanta. 
I will try to survive Oakland. And, yeah, we'll figure things out. We'll be good. Yeah, thank you. Same to you. Yeah, safe travels to Oakland. And um, make sure you order the armored Uber when you get to the airport. Yeah, um, at the very least. I will uh, report live from the wedding or from the uh, rehearsal dinner as I'm watching Georgia Tech and Duke and all that good stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, dear. Uh, That could happen, too. I'll be around a bunch of uh, Georgia and Clemson fans, so that'll be fun. Um, But in any case, uh, Mike, enjoy, and we will uh, reconvene here soon. Sounds good. Bye. All right. Well, until then, for Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. I will talk to you again soon. And until then, go ACC. Go ACC.